Buckle up and prepare for Quantum Leap in three, two, one. And hello, you've arrived to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where you'll discover ideas and opportunities that can rock your world. And here's your host, Emmett Ferguson. And today I have an exciting, exciting guest with me today, Mr. Darren Bailey. And Darren, hey, Darren Bailey, good morning. And Darren Bailey, everybody, has worked on some incredible projects as a stuntman, as a voiceover actor, as a mocap artist, and all of these things. And he's worked on projects that People, I, I've, I've talked to people in this industry and like, you know, they talk about these different projects that they've worked on. And I know there are people that would sell their children to work on some of these projects that you've been on. I mean, Jurassic Park, Ready Player One, you know, Star Wars type projects. So that's absolutely amazing. And uh, Darren, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, man. Thanks for that intro. Um, yeah. 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 I'm excited to to get into some of the specifics about different things I've been on and what capacity, because I wear, I wear a lot of different hats in the industry. So it's not always the exact same kind of thing that I'm doing. And some of it's more behind the scenes and some of it's, you know, right there in front of the camera. So, so yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Awesome. And I think that it was really great to learn a little bit more by watching through like most of your videos on your playlist, because it's so cool to be able to see a career transform over. I think that was probably about, what, what is 2017? I think it was 2007, actually, right? To 2022 yeah. or your vid YouTube videos? Yeah, prob probably. Yeah, I started um, doing short films around 2006. So, yeah. Man, yeah. That, I mean, one of the first, I mean, we've got one of the first stunt people on YouTube, like here, <laughs> right here. One of the first. I think YouTube started like 2004 and it didn't really start picking up for like yeah. random video until like later. So, legend right here right hey oh cool and i got to and what i really loved about those videos watching the the transformation you know it seemed earlier you did like short films and you were more into the acting and over time you just built skill upon skill upon skill and now you've you know got this in, very interesting career so can you go into a little bit uh in depth about just like that transformation yeah so you know acting is something that i've always studied ever since I was a kid, started doing musical theater as a kid and went to college and studied theater and art and music there. Uh, when I when I graduated college, I just knew I wanted to work in film. I really got exposed to some short film stuff uh, during my college education, moved to Los Angeles like you do. You got to go where the work is. And it wasn't long before uh, some friends of mine from college who had also moved out here wanted to just make some short little like fight sequences some testing out some camera work some visual effects work use what what little martial arts experience we had underneath our belt to make some fun things and these this team ended up being called thousand pounds action company but it 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 started this kind of um youtube content creating atmosphere that i started really thriving in uh, these videos that we made went viral. We, we got more audience. We got more uh, st working stunt people and martial artists who wanted to work with our company. And that kind of viral exposure just created more opportunity, more doors open. People started knowing my name. 
I found that I was looking less for work and work was more coming to me uh, by association of this team that I co-founded. And um, yeah, so it just, it's, it, it snowballed into, into something that now has, has become uh, a really, a really cool niche in the, in the indie filmmaking community out here in, in LA, which is, which is pretty big. Uh, you know, I'm not working on studio films, to be honest. Most of the stuff that I'm doing is just constant, independent short film, web series, music video, just uh, all the small things that are being made that are, that are actually what, what a lot of this city is sustained on, you know? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you mentioned something interesting there of this idea of, you know, being on YouTube. So like when you first got started on YouTube, I mean, it's fairly new. Did you see, did you think it was going to be as, as big as it was? I mean, there's two separate parts I think that we've got here is like, you know, you got this, obviously the entertainment side of things and the stunt side of things, but like the technology side, I mean, did you think YouTube was going to be as huge? Like what were your thoughts? No, I mean, early? like there's even like the word viral was new right so there was there were certain videos like shoes and uh you know the um uh like the the britney crying video there was, <laughs> yeah, there was all that kind of stuff that was like early youtube that we knew that it was viral but maybe had a word for it but it wasn't a big thing so youtube was just a platform that was free for anybody to upload videos onto so that was really it it was just a means to be able to share a link to friends who weren't in your, you know, immediate social circles. And, and that was it. There was no expectation that what you were doing was going to go viral in that sense, you know? So yeah, for us, it was just, just a place for us to showcase our talent and come back and, and look at it more for us, to be honest, and maybe share it with some, some stunt friends or something. But um, uh, it became, uh, became very uh, noticeable in 2011 we released a short fan film called Naruto Shippuden Dreamers Fight. It was a little fan film based on the Naruto universe. And we debuted it at Anime Expo at the LA Convention Center in 2011. And we, you know, we were given this room, this sat about 300. We showed up early, set up everything. I didn't think anybody knew who we were. And maybe it was just because of the brand and at that convention. But they had like five, six hundred people that were lined up to see this thing. They had to turn people away. They said it was the most exciting event that they had had like there in years. Uh, it was just an explosive energy of like happiness from these fans who are they're either going to rip you apart for touching their characters or they're going to love you if you do it right. And luckily, ours was the latter. Uh, and it was this kind of this moment where you had you felt a little bit like a celebrity walking out of the room, you know, and and um, it was just this exciting time where we said, yeah, we're on to something. We need to keep doing this stuff because clearly we're we're in a lane that isn't being tapped by Hollywood right now. So let's let's keep going with this momentum. And um, that's yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty great. So uh, just get an idea. I mean, you say we, uh, so you had a, a pretty, what was that team like? I'm guessing yeah, the, yeah. Team involved. the team was a, it was a mix of um, mostly martial artists and stunt people, um, a filmmaker, like editor, visual effects. His name's Chris Cowan. Chris Cowan is kind of like the mastermind behind all of the visuals that you see and putting everything together. And, and the rest of the team was mostly just the talent. Um, we had, you know, we had a couple of writers that were on the team. Uh, there was about there's about 10 people in total 
And the videos that we would put out was just a mix of just grabbing different people from the team, whoever made the most sense to work for whatever that video idea was. So I was in a lot of earlier stuff. And then as better talents came on, <laughs> better martial artists and stuff, it's like, yeah, put those guys in front of the camera. I'm happy to like be on more of a producery level for this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, in 2013, it's just luckily the, the exposure from that created a lot of avenues where we all, we kind of split up because we out individually started getting some measure of success. We couldn't just meet in each other's houses and uh -huh. film something in the backyard anymore. You know, that we, we, we had to, uh, to make an actual career out of it. So it did its job. It served its purpose to create that stepping stone into, into the more professional side of the industry. Yeah, that's so cool. And like, this is like the evolution. I mean, I, I love that story because it's like the evolution of, you know, various careers in entertainment. You know, we always hear about like tech kind of getting started in a garage or something. But, you know, these are like different multiple careers because, you know, I, I guess in tech, you know, you build the company and every the whole company revolves around just like one product or multiple products. But here it's multiple careers evolving out of like one thing into many different places. And, you know, I, I've seen some of the, the people that you work with and it's absolutely amazing, you know, the, the relationships that you've built out here. So um, two, two things. I mean, first, um, first was this idea you said from 2007 to 11. So I think it's pretty cool that uh, about, so you would say like, it was like a four year time span between when you first start launching videos and then that huge Naruto video success, that band success? Yeah, the Thousand Pounds formed in 2010. So I was already out here. I, I moved out in 2008. And so I was out here for a couple of years before we made our first video. And then the team was around from 2010 to like 2013. Um, so yeah, we only had like two and a half to three years of, of actually making content that was that was blowing up at the time. Nice. And, and for you, um, you know, you have had the opportunity to work on these huge projects. I read your Voyage article and everything. So can you share a little bit? Of, I mean, you mentioned like, oh, you only work on mostly short films, but like, yeah. I mean, you've got some huge brands behind you that you've worked <laughs> on. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah. So I guess what I mean when I say that, like, you know, I, I also have a day job that's uh, in visual effects. I'm not a visual effects artist. I'm more of a supporting staff. So I'm what's called an operations coordinator, facilities coordinator, just kind of running the behind the scenes at the actual VFX studio, making sure that the producers and the artists have what they need to be successful. Uh, and every once in a while, they'll throw me a bone and, and put my name up in a, in a credits. Uh, you know, I have a few Marvel credits up on screen, which is always cool to like see your name on, but I'm not physically like working on the film. So, so it's a little misleading because like IMDb, you know, breaks down visual effects and there's uncredited stuff. Um, but then there's this, this stuff that's like I'm actively producing and engaging and acting in and we're doing stunt work in. And most of that's on the short film side. So that's that's where I that's where I, my, my, my bread and butter comes from. Yeah, that's awesome. So like uh, more more uh, quick, like viral video stunt type stuff. Yeah, it used to be that, and now it's transitioned um, after the whole like YouTube fame kind of thing. It was just more, I didn't need that anymore. That wasn't a push. I never set out to be a YouTube celebrity or anything. I just wanted to be a good filmmaker. I wanted to be a good actor. And so I just found different pockets of people who were making content that I really responded to, people who I thought maybe would be a next great filmmaker and you know i wanted to attach myself early on so that we can all kind of have to come up together um 
So that's kind of what it's like for me now. While I'm still working a, a day job that I've had for nine plus years, you know, it's I, I find time that I can still make short content with friends. And it tends to be more of like the festival circuit uh, award worthy type of short work, you know, maybe it'll lead to some some bigger things. But um, yeah, you know, I'm happy with the, the stuff that I have been attached to. Yeah. And I've also seen, you know, when I, when I get to work on set, sometimes I definitely see, I don't want to say like, uh, oh yeah. So I guess the best way to put this is like the more experienced, you know, stunt people, they're not always doing the stunts. They're helping to coordinate, helping to, you know, make the safety, everything, everything safe on set. And, you Mm -hmm. know, they usually have super, super young dudes doing, you know, the flying through the air from the, from the things. (laughs) Yeah, um, they're not broken yet, so they can do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen you do some really, really fun stuff, but uh, out of curiosity, so, like, can you share a little bit uh, about, I guess, doing many things within the industry? Because I read your Voyager article mm. and was talking about how, you know, you start as an actor and all that, and then you also took on some VR, like VR work, voiceover work. And you, I think you did uh, VR, was it for Star Wars or Jurassic Park? I yeah, think, or... yeah, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, well, you and I, you know, we met on, it was Sarah London's Wildness short film. I was coming to a fitting and I, th- I thought you were maybe like an EPK photographer or. Yeah, I was just I doing photography. On yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we met there and that was a a project, you know, that's an example of something where I was contacted, I think it was just a recommended friend of a friend situation. I didn't know Sarah and she reached out to, to be a stunt coordinator for this one little fight sequence that she had in this thing. The actor at the time, uh, that we were planning for that I was going to be meeting and teaching this, this choreography to dropped out at the last second. And we were just on such a time crunch. She had me send in my own audition video. I, you know, I wasn't planning on coordinating myself. You don't always do that, but it felt like a situation where I could handle it, came on the set, did coordinating and acted in that role. And then now I have this, you know, very close relationship with Sarah, I think just for, for being able to wear multiple hats and kind of run the show and even like direct that sequence in particular, just because Sarah didn't handle action before it was all new to her so that that's where the confidence comes in of okay i can do this i can handle it i can run a set let me make this work um so that's you know yeah that's just an example of of multiple hats coming into to one thing um when it comes to like the star wars kind of stuff uh i started training in motion capture in 2017 or 2018 with a group out here called the mocap vaults they are also based in london uh, Toronto, we have classes in Atlanta, New York as well. Um, and it's just kind of like the, the premier mocap education place. Motion capture is just a really cool, um, form of acting. It's, uh, that, that kind of, it's as a theater actor, it feels like doing theater in the round because your whole body's being recorded at all times. Um, it incorporates voiceover. You really have to be aware of what your face is doing. It's it's all imagination because you don't have costumes or sets. You're wearing these like lycra pajamas with you know little tracking balls all over you. It's 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 very uh, unflattering. And so um, I just I just really loved working in that thing, and I got the opportunity to to audition for this uh, Vader Immortal Star Wars VR series game and. Um, 
and create a character. And that was a situation where somebody had already recorded the voice, uh, actor named Steve Bloom. You might know him as like the voice of Spike on Cowboy Bebop. Uh, and so he was the voice of this character. I come, we shot at Lucasfilm at ILM in San Francisco, which was just amazing because that was that's like the the god level uh, <laughs> place that I've always wanted to go and right. see props from. You know, uh, that shaped my entire uh, love of this industry. So to be there was was a dream. And um, but yeah, they're, they're you know they play the audio. It's called it's called mine to to pre record. You are listening to audio that's being played uh, in the space, and then you are creating the movement and trying to match it up as best as you can to the audio that you're hearing. Uh, but you're still creating a character, um, and it was uh, it was a new character at the time uh, called Admiral Carius, who's kind of a new villain in this Star Wars universe. So it, it was neat to be able to work with the animation director and the team, and um, you know, build a character from the ground up and work on fight choreography and that and stunts and, and play stormtroopers getting killed and, you yeah. know, a whole bunch of different stuff. It was, it was neat, but the experience of just being at Lucasfilm. Um, amazing, right? Uh, yeah. To have your first motion capture job be star Wars uh, and, and in the star Wars canon is, is, was pretty impressive. That's yeah, a very that, pinch myself moment. I bet. And uh, okay. So like, I mean, that's pretty cool. And in, in terms of the work itself, like the work of being that mocap artist and already having the voice in it, what was, I mean, did you have to like talk to the, the original voice actor and kind of get a feel for how they kind of imagine things? Or was it just like the director just like, hey, Darren, make this happen? No. So basically the audio that recorded, that Steve recorded, that's, that's it that that's you know they paid him his money he did his job and he created such a great job creating a rich feel you understood tonally exactly what you're supposed to be doing now what they did have on set is they had a sound engineer who would let's say there's there's two lines right and maybe there's three seconds of space but my character needs to say the first line on this end of the hallway and the second line 15 feet away at the other end of a hallway i don't have enough time to walk that time so, so a sound engineer can can separate and space the audio and make make minor adjustments to timing so that it can work best for the character needs so there were times that we did a lot of that where it just felt more natural doing something else um but as far as like the speed and the intonation of the lines i mean that's it, it is what it is so it's just up on me to still memorize those lines and do my best the best i can to to gesture at the appropriate times you know when it makes sense mm -hmm. yeah cool and this is so interesting because like you know in terms of what you said like your first mocap event i mean if i was the not know much about you you're just like yeah i do short films and then i mocapped on star wars like just like <laughs> a huge jump there. i'd be like what like yeah. i could just make short films and become like a, a mocap artist but in reality that probably required a lot more training than just you know making some short films so can you uh share a little bit about like what what trainings you did that made you feel that makes you feel like you you qualified during the that they that the um the casting directors might have saw in you yeah yeah so <clears throat> i mean it was because i would all i was already training at the mocap vaults and at the time one of our instructors tj storm who had already been cast as darth vader in that game 
uh, they reached out to him. He's a prominent motion capture performer. And they reached out to him and, and said, hey, we have this other role and a couple other things we need to sprinkle in. Do you know anybody who is a who can do stunts, but is also a really good actor? Some people are really great stunt performers, but they're not the best you know, with acting. They can get set on fire and jump off the building, but you put a script in their hands and they start shaking. So um, he said, you oh, know, I got this guy, Darren, who I've been training with. And uh, I think he'd be a good fit. I know he's a solid actor and, and obviously he's been handling some stunt stuff. So I did, I met with TJ, we filmed an audition, did some like bow staff work, just some, some basic things, some walk cycles that we could then present to the casting director. So ultimately they still made the choice, but it came on TJ's recommendation. Luckily I got picked and then uh, was there working on set with, with TJ and the rest of the team. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm thankful for, for that support, but it was also because I had put in the training for stunts, my, my whole life training for acting, being in that right motion capture class at that time to meet somebody to, who was going to be working on something. So, yeah, it was just a, just a series of events that, that led to that. I wouldn't have had that outreach, you know, directly from Lucasfilm if I hadn't done the other training, you know? Right on. Yeah. Nice. And uh, okay. So you did some mocap in star Wars and um, you know, I mean, one thing that I would love to hear more about is the, uh, the work that you did on ready player one. Now I know, I, I think you, you weren't a stunt person on there, right? But you did no, I was just, I, this is another example of uh, that was a, a film that the company worked for stereo D we do, we do stereoscopic 3d conversion. So we take 2d films, we make them into 3d. We do pretty much all the Marvel films, all the Jurassic Park films, a lot of pretty much all Spielberg and um, um, James Cameron songs. And uh, so that was, I was an operations coordinator working on Ready Player One. I was like, I got Spielberg tea when he would come into to do daily reviews, you know? So it, there wasn't a whole lot. Not just anyone gets some tea though, so. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, he likes peppermint tea. Just so, so you know, um, you know, so it, that was, I didn't have any creative say on that. I'm just on the sidelines. It's a, it's a cool little like credit to have, but I didn't do the physical work on, on that stuff. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, either way, I mean, that's still like an amazing movie. Were you I got to meet Steven Spielberg on that project. So that's, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, about I, that. Just the other day <laughs> I was uh, driving, I was driving for Uber and there was this, uh, there was a producer there that helped me get my original SAG union cards. Cause like I worked on oh. episodes that he was, or that he was, uh, producing like five, four or five years ago. So like, that was kind of neat, you know, just to be able to do that for the producer that helped me, you know, fulfill like a goal of mine. So, you know, things That's like that, I think are interesting, you know? Yeah. The so, Star Wars project is where I got my, my union card as well. I was already eligible from a, from a few years ago, but you know, when you work in on small projects, you don't need to necessarily be union. Depends on how much. If you're going to be working commercials and TV and film, then and yeah, you probably should. But based on the, the career I was having, I was like, I'm fine doing non-union work. It doesn't matter. Um, and then that project was like, you have to be union if you're going to work on this Star Wars thing. Um, and luckily, you know, what they were paying totally covered the cost of what it would be for me to join the union anyway so it was like a no-brainer you know but yeah um, and the way you said that it sounds like it was a lot like does that that yeah it was you know it's five days of work and you get paid your 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 sag rate so yeah but you know it it 
basically that project paid for all the motion capture classes that I had paid for to train and my SAG union dues in that one, one fail swoop. So, so that's yeah. so great. And one thing that I really th thought was uh, awesome that the producer had said, or that like we had discovered in a conversation is, you know, I mean, he's obviously worked on some really big projects over these, you know, past like five, six years. Cause I think he started his career a little bit, even a little bit earlier than as a writer, but um, a lot of shows that you would recognize, I just don't know if you would want me sharing them right now. So I haven't mentioned his name or anything, but um, it was like, he was like, you know, you're always, you're always hustling, right? Like I would think of the producer and he's like one job to the next, right? One job to the next. He's already got his next thing, but he was like talking about how, you know, he still has to, you know, he has a contract ending and he still has to, you know, go seek out that next contract. And then mm -hmm. there's just this idea of hustling bigger, you know, like he started off doing, doing smaller projects and now he's gotten more and more responsibility and it's just hustling bigger. And yeah. it sounds like, and the reason why I brought that up is because like, I hear about your career, what, what your, some of the career choices you've gone through in terms of like training and then short films, and then, you know, making that decision to go from just non-union to working on uh, a Star Wars, like mm -hmm. VR, that's so cool. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just so interesting to think like, that's that, that's like that step of just hustling bigger, I guess. Um, yeah, I, yeah, my whole entire career has been nothing but hustle. I've never had representation, which that surprises people I've, at all. Like everything that I've done uh, has all just been <laughs> my own talent, but then relying on a lot of friends who are making stuff and being very proactive about saying, I want to be included in your thing. How can I help? How can I be of service? Uh, I'm not, I'm not the vain person who needs to be in front of the camera. I'm happy to work behind the camera. I understand that it's all networking. You never know who is going to be making something else. And if you're an actor, especially, it's not just that you need to be talking to actors. That's a lot of times gonna be your competition. You need to talk to all the crew people. Everybody working on a film, the boom op is like, has their own projects in mind that they're making. And it's good to just network and talk to people. Hey, what kind of things are you doing? If you ever need a helping hand, please reach out. You do that to you know, hundreds of people over the time, you start, you start being a, a person that people want to call on. And of course you have to, you know, deliver when the time comes for you to do whatever it is that you put yourself out there to. But um, yeah, just being, being a kind, supportive person uh, who's, who's willing to help is, is for me, um, uh, that's, that's been what's, I feel is giving me the most success. Yeah, that's totally some super wisdom there, because, uh, you know, for those of people who have not worked on in entertainment or anything, you know, just realizing that when you're on set, right, like there's so many moving pieces behind and there's so many different types of uh, uh, people and they're all like just lot, some free time and things like that. And you have so much time to just like have a chat and conversation and to like meet these interesting people from mm -hmm. like from the boom mic to not so much like the producers and like the directors, but like, you know, different PAs who are starting to build their careers or even stunt people are, you know, often have some time that you could chat with too. So mm -hmm. um, definitely some cool stuff there. And uh, with that, to get an idea, I mean, what, what sort of projects are you working on nowadays? Right now I'm doing more like producing stuff. So I produce a lot of like horror films, um, kind of psychological, dramatic suspense, horror stuff. Um, so there's a team called, um, uh, well, the directors are, are Sean Temple and Sarah Wisner, and they, they write a bunch of stuff with, with Home Body Pictures is the name of their production company. Uh, we did a, a film called Water Horse, which kind of made the rounds at a lot of really 
popular genre film festivals uh, a couple of years ago, places like Fantastic Fest and um, uh, Beyond Fest. Um, and they gave us some notoriety and, and they've just been a team that I've kind of like latched myself onto. We had a recent uh, really successful Seed and Spark crowdfunding campaign for our next horror thing uh, that we're gonna be shooting in March. Uh, in Vermont, because we need a bunch of snowfall for that. Um, Sarah London, uh, who we were talking about earlier, she she wrote a really great horror film that we already shot uh, all the exteriors for. We still have to schedule a weekend that we shoot the interiors, but that's that's called A Prayer for My Father, and um, that's that's I'm producing that one as well. Um, yeah, so nice. That's those those are the the main things, and then, then I've just been doing a ton of writing. Um, so I'm a, I'm a freelance writer. Actors reach out to me to write if they need like scenes or monologues for their reels, let's say, uh, that's original content. They're not just recycling something that's been on TV or on stage or whatever. Uh, I tailor write original content that they can make and own. And um, I've been doing that since 2020. And so uh, hundreds and hundreds of scenes later, I'm still, still doing that. Um, that that's taken up a, a good chunk of time as well. Yeah, and writing and stories is ultimately the the basis of you know all all this creativity and all of entertainment really. So with all of that, um, I guess I'd like to also wrap up with some words of wisdom from you. And the question to hopefully get that is um, earlier you mentioned how you didn't necessarily need the to become a union to. Uh, you know, get all of these amazing, great projects. You've done, you have had such a great career without all of that. So words of wisdom for somebody who's like, you know, maybe sort of intimidated, but they maybe love the, the industry, you know, instead of just, uh, instead of just, can anybody do it? Um, you know, what would your words of, words of wisdom be for like, who should definitely give it a go? If you are passionate about anything i mean i'll keep this industry related but you can you can transfer this to a lot of whatever your profession is if you're passionate about something you need to create the opportunity to pursue that you cannot rely on other people to find you uh you you have to hold yourself accountable for doing the best you can at whatever that thing is and eventually if you do that somebody then will take notice um, but we we're in this age now where, especially in the studio system, it used to be it's all run by higher ups. There's there's a certain list of people that can get hired. You had to go to uh, in-person casting auditions to get noticed for anything you put on list. We and now in this content creator heavy, cheap camera, all of our phones are cameras there's no excuse not to be making anything. And now to be viable in the industry, you can't just be, I'm a really good actor. Uh, I'm a really good editor. You have to be a lot of different things. You have to show, yeah, I make films. I studied this, I do this thing. You have to be good in a lot of departments to, to put yourself out there so that people really want to work with you. Um, that's what I found anyway. It's like the bet, the people who are working the most can handle doing a lot of different things um it's and i there used to be that old saying of the whole um uh jack of all trades master of none but i think now it's like the jack of all trades is actually what's 
going to get you the work. So anyway, but if you, if you are passionate about whatever you're doing, money aside, make it happen. It's like that your happiness is going to come as a result of you creating that content. So that's, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Darren. Thank you for that. And thank you for doing this episode. And um, what would be the best way to reach you? I mean, all the information is going to be in the description, but you know, what's the, what yeah. would, how do you prefer people to contact yeah, well, thank you for having me? Um, Instagram. It's my name. It's Darren Bailey, D-A-R-R-E-N-B-A-I-L-E-Y 17, one seven at the end on Twitter. It's Darren underscore Bailey and then facebook.com slash actor Darren Bailey. So those are the three social media places that I use. Awesome. And with that, have a great day, everybody. And see you later, Darren. Thanks, Emmett. Great to see you. Goodbye.